This is Corolla Digital. Hi, I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And this week, on This Week with Larry Miller, we talk about how King Kong loved every birthday dinner he ever had, and so did I. But mine was more expensive. We'll see you here and listen for free through iTunes. It's time for this week's CarCast with your host, Adam Carolla, and moderator, Matt D'Andrea. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Mandate. Get it on. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Adam Carolla. That's my partner, Matt, the moderator, D'Andrea, over there. Good to see you, Matt. How are you? Excited. John Hotchkiss yeah. is in uh, studio. He's graced our studio a couple of times. He brought some really cool archival pictures of him and uh, his pops and Paul Newman and uh, all the stuff from back in the day. Really cool. Some really cool era stuff. Um, uh, 80s, 80s, and uh, mid-80s, mid-80s stuff. But um, Hotchkiss... Probably uh, best known for developing uh, lots of parts for suspensions and just ways to get your older car around the track faster or around the neighborhood faster. In your new cars. And you're focused on the, he does the new Mustangs, the new Camaros. They haul ass out there. And uh, expanding into what, John? Well, first, I want to say thank you so much for having me. This is just fantastic. And, and, (laughs) you know, I was with Matt just about a week ago at Button Willow with the Roush Mustang, and what a blast that was. We did laps around the track, by the way, in his new Touareg VW diesel. Oh, yeah. The first time he drove that thing (laughs) on the track. Lots of torque. He was racing around the track. Well, I I had the experience of going to uh, Willow Springs and driving one of John's set-up cars, uh, I think it was a Charger or a Challenger. It was a big, it was a big '60s era American was car. It, was it the Emax? Was it, it the yellow one? It was the Emax. It was our Challenger. Oh, it was yeah. a Challenger. Yes. And it, it, I, I drove a couple of laps, and I was kind of going about three quarter speed. But I was, I was amazed at how you know I was. You looked at the car; it just looks heavy yeah. and it looks unwieldy and whatever. And then the guy who owned the car like came up and he was like, "Hey, man." Start pushing it. <laughs> sort of like, pussy. Yeah. It's like, but I felt like, it, it felt weird. It's like uh, you're banging the guy's wife, and he's like, just half speed, huh? <laughs> just put do some balls into more. it. Yeah. So I was like, all right. And I got into it, yeah. and uh, the brakes, the suspension. So it was basically the, the car looked vintage, yeah. but the brakes, the suspension, yeah. and the way Hotchkiss had attuned it and set it up just completely modernize yeah. the thing and now you're kind of having your cake and eating it too because you get that cool look and you get the cool vibe right. and you get all the attention but the thing stops and the thing turns so we were at button willow and i know you're going to talk about your new mustang suspension but talking about driving the old cars you brought a car up there it was a mustang coupe it's like 65 66 coupe it has your new suspension in, on it which i want to ask you about and i drove that thing on the track as well and you realize that now that the suspension is so great, when you get out and somebody goes, how was it? All you could say is, well, 
the brakes aren't that great and the steering needs to be it's like yeah we didn't do any of that we just did the suspension you realize those things get amplified so much on you know like because there's a bigger chasm back when they were all just c minus students you didn't see now they're the brother and juvie when uh, Hotchkiss, the suspension is getting straight A. Yeah. So the, now it used to all be relative. Yeah. All you feel now, because the suspension is so amazing, you feel the flaws in the brakes that were stock and the flaws in the steering were stock and the limitations of the tires. Before, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know the limitations of the tires because the car wouldn't be able to do get to that point. Now you're like, wow, it needs more tire. It needs more wheels. It's exactly <laughs> right, Matt. And, and it's so cool. And Adam, yes, what's new? And it's the Mustang. The 64 and a half to 70 Mustang, and what you know, they made over a million of those cars, and they're they're all over. And so, what we want to do is to create a suspension package like Matt drove that makes them handle so well, like our Challenger, and all bolt on. But wait till you see what we have at the SEMA show. We're doing recreating yeah. the bullet chase scene. So, we have mm. a 68 Charger, 68 Bullet Mustang, and a full San Francisco backdrop. And one car will be up in the air, and one will be pointed down like they're going over the hills. Wow. And, and <laughs> there it is. The poster. Is it the 45th anniversary of it, uh, Bullet? It's the 45th anniversary of the Bullet, and it's a 50th anniversary of SEMA. Wow. So it's going to be a big deal. And the SEMA show is over a million square feet this year, biggest SEMA by far. It's going to be awesome. The uh, actual Bullet car is owned by a crazy person who will not show it to anybody and must be must be insane because... He's now watching Steve McQueen's sunglasses and bomber jacket go for a million dollars. And he's like, oh, man. I mean, literally, that guy, his his street cars, you know, just the Ferrari Lusso probably started with a few years back Mm -hmm. uh, and so on and so forth. It's just going it's going through the roof. All the McQueen stuff. This bullet car, I the, the Mustang. Uh, 68, was it? Yeah. Um, I don't... Does anyone know what that thing's worth? I don't know. Uh, it's, you know, in priceless. Absolutely. No one, no one knows. The guy who has it is right. weird about it, Plus, right? it probably handles like shit. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> you got to so breathe m- on that thing. <laughs> so many bullet clones that, and so many yeah. Mustangs and, and people that want their Mustangs now to handle well. So we're excited about that at SEMA. But, you know, the, the Charger we have is some somebody that you know, Patrick yeah. Warburton. Oh, yeah. And, and we picked it up the other day in Camarillo. Yeah, was, and wait, was it yesterday? It's, it's all Monday. Monday. Monday morning, we drove out to Patrick's house and picked up his car. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Putty's, you got Putty's uh, Charger. Yeah. Or, wait, Challenger or Charger? Charger. 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 Uh, Charger. The yeah, is, he's a cool guy. We told, I think he came on the show and told us that he got this thing some years ago. Yeah, he did. And, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a little rough, you know, underneath and on the interior and stuff. But the one thing about it is it has, like— like a ten thousand dollar paint job on it. It's got a really nice paint on it, and he, well, he kind of likes handle. the car. It looks good. And, well, it doesn't. That's the thing. Is, is John's like, well, oh. if I'm going to put it in my booth, I got to put everything on it. So oh, we've taken everything off the bottom. I mean, just scraped the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's now it's a. Uh, uh, it'll be it'll be great, but the the bushings in the lower control arms, as all these muscle cars are, people get in them and they handle even worse than when they were new. Yeah, because the bushings thirty plus years old, you could move the wheel back and forth in the, the fender well, and so it had the alignment was wrong, everything was wrong, and it was. And I think Matt and Patrick, when I left, they said, well, good luck. <laughs> Actually, he had to drive <laughs> a 60 it. 60-mile drive. John drove it back. Oh, yeah. back. Back to the shop. Uh, yes. how'd, how'd that go? Uh, it, was, uh, it was hairy. <laughs> <laughs> the good and, news is with L.A., you really never go faster than 28 miles an hour right. with the traffic. And it was cool enough out that it wasn't like... It, 
Well, but, that's the problem. It has the wrong fan with the wrong fan drive. So uh, unless you have about half throttle on, there's no circulation. So we were uh, you fighting the temp the whole the, way. The, 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 you know, these, these old these muscle cars, yeah, they, they're big on horsepower. But it, they're, it's, it's at the point where it's, it's pretty dangerous to be driving around with 400-plus horsepower and horrible brakes and horrible suspension. And like I said, yeah. the bushing's gone and all the slop and the steering and the, right. the suspension and everything. It's, it's, it's literally – it's not safe to be but, doing But that. it's easier now to, to improve that stuff than it ever was before. When I, when I first restored my 65 Mustang Coupe in 1992, I was only – I only had like two spring options and one shock option. And and then we, we ran like the six twenty pound springs on the front of the Mustang, which at the time always rode like shit, but it wasn't the spring, it was the shock. Because the mm-hmm. shock was a really stiff gas shock. And uh and talking with John, that's making all the difference in the world. Cause I drove your Mustang at Butt Wills. What 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 pound springs do you have in the front? Seven hundred pound, but it's the shock because the spring keeps the car from bottoming out. And, and keeps the body in the right place. But the shock controls that energy, controls that energy and the, and the rebound and the compression dampening are where the action is. So we were at, uh, at Virginia at a place called Sova Motion, and we put our 67 Chevelle on right outside Virginia National Raceway on the shaker rig. So it's four independent pads that go up and down mm-hmm. and it simulates roads. And, and you can, without a shock down, you can dial in shocks like crazy, working with a great company, Fox Shocks, so we've got Hotchkiss tuned by Fox, and it transforms any muscle car because these shocks are so good. You know, they there's the the, the picture of the of the Silver Motion, and that was pretty radical because you never know. It, it's amazing how much frame and every there's flex when that whole yeah. thing is moving up and down. Right, and it's almost scary looking. It's going, oh my gosh, the trans is moving, the cross members moving. Yeah, but the shocks are doing what they need putting, to do. Putting the car on the shaker, and you showed me images before as well with this thing. All around. Oh, I think I saw one of the videos. Yeah, it's basically. It looks for those of you at home, and uh, you can go to our uh, website. Oh, we're going underneath and looking at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to go to. Uh, it's it's a car Carcast. sitting on What's our website. Carcastshow dot com. Show always <laughs> screws me up. Uh, yeah, it looks like you're pulling up onto uh, like a little platform, like where you'd have your car smog checked or something. Yeah. But you pull onto four each wheels on its separate pad, and then underneath it is a uh, you know Batman's cave worth of hydraulics that pump the thing up. I it looks like probably the most they come up is probably about. 12, 14 inches yes. or something, yes. but they do it independently and randomly and what have exactly. you. Exactly. So you're testing the the for, uh, front and back, side to side, uh, cross, yeah. and, and they can shake very violently. And so when they're using it on, on stock car and sprint cup mode, the things, the pads are moving really radically. We tried it for a little bit, but I mean, it probably would have knocked the windows out of the Chevelle. Right? Yeah. You know, when you, when you get onto a racetrack and you start dialing in spring rates and shock, you know, spro- shock rates and stuff, you're... It's really just kind of in one fluid moment, you know, one fluid motion because you're going around a turn, you're taking the turn left, taking the turn right. But when you put it on a rig like that, with this thing's moving the thing, then you can see. Well, what's so you know, cool? Then is you, you can see it you, twisting you, the car. Up. You see it on the multiple computer screens, and and you've done the shock dyno before that. But then we sat in the car at the end of each run, and so we could feel exactly what the different shocks, the OE shocks versus Bilstein versus yeah. our new Fox, and. Amazing difference. So that that in a nutshell is what's really helped. And then along as we can use those seven hundred pound springs, we have front and rear sway bars for the car, chassis bracing, and more. So you get a really comprehensive kit for all these muscle cars, and go out and have some fun. 
Are your shocks adjustable? Yes. Brand new there at SEMA, we'll have our single adjustable shocks just rebound. So it has the soft is really for cruising, good, comfortable driving. And then 22 clicks later, you get into the more race mode that's perfect for the track, but still, you know, acceptable ride comfort. John is uh, working on my Newman race car. <laughs> or it's a race car with a z- z- at the end because it's got a couple of my cars over there. Um, the big two plus two car we uh, brought by the shop as well as the uh, Camaro or Oldsmobile or whatever it got rebodied. It started off as one thing, ended up as another. Um, the um, the two plus two car, John just sort of uh, put up on the scales and dialed in a little camber and sort of uh, made sure everything was, was kosher and deal with it. But the 84 car, I guess it was a Trans Am car, or IMSA car, that Newman drove all through the 84 season or 85 season, uh, that car's getting taken apart down to just the bare frame, dipped and welded yeah. and powder-coated and all That's put going back through together. the full treatment, I it's think. It's getting the, the full treatment from the ground up, and, and it is, again, as we talk so much, it's exciting to working on these, on these cars because there was so much creativity and so much learning back in the day. You know, they really, everybody had different suspension, different frames, different... That fuel cells, different idea of where driver and transmission, everything, where all the placement of all yeah. the components. And and it's it's really one of these things where even if you know something about cars, and I know something about cars, you don't know this car. Like you look into the passenger side door and you see a, a heat exchange, a radiator with an electric fan on it, and you go, what's that? And then somebody <laughs> says, uh, intercooler or something. Then someone else goes, tranny cooler. Yeah. And then someone goes, diff cooler. And then like, power they steering the, cooler. And they got like, the cooler part, right? We got the cooler. That much we know. There's a fan <laughs> attached, a fan to, attached it. to it. But I don't know what that... Yeah. And then you go to the back of the car, and you see this big uh, hopper, and you're like, what's that? Dry sump. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it, it squirts water mm. on the brakes. Yeah. It's really kind of I, – I didn't know that at all. There's, there's, I didn't either. There's two hoppers in the back, one for the dry sump oiling system, and the other one is just full of water. Just and full of just water. Squirts, mm-hmm. just squirts – I don't even know how it does it. Is it just there's like, a switch in the car that says brake on it, probably Paul Newman's writing, and it, it's, it's a little like a yeah. toggle switch. And then there are two uh, windshield washer pumps. And just mm-hmm. some pla- there was some plastic line going to the the brake calipers. That's what they're using winter wiper. Yes, winter wiper pumps. <laughs> so <laughs> I I'm guessing that I don't know lap whatever of the race. You know I don't I probably yeah. wouldn't be at the beginning of the race, but at some point you flip that switch. It says brake on it. I think water. pretty quickly. I remember when I raced in the Trans Am in '82. We had those as well. And what you wanted to do is keep – you wanted to do it early because once the brakes get heat-soaked, it's hard to get the heat out of them. Ah. And so the pads weren't anything like they are today. Pads run at high temp today and, and so on. But back then, you know, if you, once you got the heat in it, you couldn't get it out except not use the brakes. So Right. It just seems like something in a cartoon. Like you hit the button and it spits something out and sabotages the guy behind you. Or, <laughs> right. or what else could you put in that hopper that would make – like if yeah. you put coolant in there, you know how slippery that Absolutely. would be? Absolutely. Put some, some antifreeze the, uh, in there. <laughs> the, 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 the Roadster, the, the BRE Roadster I have has a switch on it to shut down the alternator. The alternator, yeah. Um, with, you know, three laps to go or whatever. And because you're going to now run off the battery or I, I don't know what the, for you, me, it's like, uh, 
uh, that's going to be the difference between 11th and 10th place. Like, I'm not sure why I no, need no, to shut no. that it, thing off. In that car, you shut off the alternator, it's like hitting your nitrous button. Yeah, it's, it's a few more horsepower. <laughs> that, extra, yes. that extra two horsepower right over the line. Is, <laughs> I feel like we'd probably run the whole race on the battery if you, if you need it to. I, unless it's a long race, some uh, sort of longer endurance not race. not long, but yeah. But either way, I'm like, I know I'm going to reach over and hit the kill switch or something. <laughs> and there goes the girl that goes to race. Well, yeah. two days ago, we received our 1,300-pound frame table from Hotchkiss Performance East. Yeah, your car's already on it, by the way. <laughs> yes, and because the, we're our division in North Carolina is full of awesome, talented stock car, ex-stock car people. And uh, so they built us a frame table that we'll use not only this car, but all the others. And... Uh, but if the car is up there, now the frame's up there, it'll get put at ride height, and we'll be able to then cut some of the pieces out of the frame and re-weld and make it straight how, and nice. How does a frame table work? I imagine it just gets completely level and plumb and what have you to begin with. So it's, it's a rolling table. It's 15 feet long by 6 feet wide. Mm-hmm. And again, weighs three about thirteen hundred pounds on rollers, and then it has um, feet that are just the feet, so you level it, mm-hmm. and then you affix the car to it, really weld it, uh, fasten it to the frame table at ride height, so then the car doesn't move, and then you use angle iron and so on to strengthen the frame while it's on the frame table. Then you can remove parts of the frame without the car all of a sudden you know twisting and right and, and so on, and then replace so. But you get the center line of the car and the ride height and everything square. And then when we start building it, we know that everything is just perfect, that it that once we finish yeah. the car, everything is level and true and plumb. You, you need that jumping off point of knowing that whatever you're doing, I mean, it's that way with most all building. It's nice to know that everything is plumb and level. And then when you're setting the door, A, you don't find yourself shaving off the bottom of the door, but B, if you are shaving off the bottom of the door, you know it needs shaving. It's not because something's out of whack. Exactly. And you know that this, yeah. basically, this frame is tits ahoy, and whatever you do off of that, if something's wrong, it's something's wrong with the component yeah. at that point. It's not, you're not speculating the frame is and out of whack. On the race cars, especially, just because they're all custom done and they're one off, and the older ones, they get twisted up. And then we've seen this already where. These things have been bought and sold or, or rebuilt by so many different people that there's parts on these cars and even parts of the cage that's welded on that shouldn't be there. It wasn't supposed to be there to begin with. And they just did that to sell the car or move the car or display the car in some museum at some point. And yeah. shit doesn't fit right. All Exactly. We had two left side suspension, one on the right and one on the left. They were yeah. both left. One was just turned upside down. Oh, so, really? So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, we'll make the, we'll, we'll, we've working on the suspension because back in, in the mid 80s when these cars were running, suspension wasn't as critical. The, the, the shocks weren't as good. The suspension wasn't as good. So, we're optimizing the, the suspension travel. And you as a driver will appreciate the fact that this car, when you put your foot on the throttle, you'll know where it's going. You'll be really confident with it. <laughs> That's always and, a plus. Exactly. It's a plus. So in Monterey it's next not, year. It's not mandatory. It's <laughs> mandatory. It's just a plus. Yeah. <laughs> because some cars have toe out in the rear. So as the as the tire goes up in its travel, the the tire moves out like, you know, duck-footed or pigeon-toed. And if it's duck-footed, you put your foot on the throttle and the thing's going to drive like a hook and ladder. And no fun. And so we'll, uh, we'll get it all uh, specced correctly, and we'll get uh, we have um, transmission in Indiana. We've got the radiators in North Carolina. We've got uh, we've I just parts hear, all over. I just hear cash register rolling, <laughs> rolling over. That's all, yeah. that's all I hear. It's How about like, value at the end? This is not I li- that I like, but it's like when uh, my my uh, wife comes home and she does the uh, 
we took Molly to the vet. Yeah. She needs chemo. I don't, I don't, all I hear is ching, ching, <laughs> ching, yeah. ching. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, it, it's got to be done right. And there's probably only a handful of dudes on the planet who can do it right. And uh, Hotchkiss is definitely one of the nicest ones on the planet. These guys turn out to be dicks a lot of the time. I don't know why. Somehow possessing knowledge makes you an asshole. Uh, John is the nicest guy in this business and and super knowledgeable as well, which is a, a great one-two punch. Because, uh, like I said, some, sometimes guys yeah. have the knowledge and they sort of lord it over you and uh, the clientele, as it were. Yeah. I, I appreciate the documentation involved, the labeling okay. and documentation, because every week Adam's accountant calls me mm-hmm. and says, what's going on with this? And I was like, what is this for? I was like, I'll tell you what it's for. Here's the 14-page Excel document of notes at the time well, you want it's for. Try to keep you up to speed, but it's really been good, too, because the couple of guys I've hired to work on this car, you know, in order to build these cars, you need people that really worked on them in the day that really know. So I've got Daryl Hall that built Greg Pickett's Corvettes and, and Howard Meister's 935, and it was instrumental in development of... Oh, Randy Lewis's Can-Am car. So all these guys from way back in the 70s and so on. So he knows these. He knows how they should be. And then a guy named Bob Swank, who used to work for Porsche Motorsport, that is just, he knows transmissions and powertrain like back of his hand, turbos, and he can coordinate with the engine builder and, and we'll get the right thing. We won't have to experiment. We'll know it's correct when the first time. The uh, it, It's really a, a really neat sort of archaeological dig that you go on, you start taking everything apart and obviously photographing and labeling everything. But some of it is, you know, this stuff is one off, you know, there's not, or one and a half or two off. Uh, The point is, is it's, you can't go online and just Google in, you know, Newman suspension or something. And there'd be a bunch of schematics and a bunch of codes to tell you what parts to get from the pep boys or anything. It's, it's all pretty much one off stuff. So, there's a lot of fabricators that were involved with this. Some of the guys are around, some of them aren't. And it's a real archaeological dig to put this thing yeah. back together and do it uh, do it correctly. The engine, I think, is over at uh, Ed Pink's Ed Pink. yeah. place. And uh, that'll be a nice, I think it's a three-liter. I can't remember if uh, I'm getting the uh, Pathfinder 3.3-liter. Anything to save a couple of bucks. And we have a great rapport with Ed Pink and the crew there, yeah. so that's that's really good. Because he used to build our Porsche engines. and Oh, he did? And uh, so we'd all wear Think Pink shirts around the races back in the 80s. And John, by the way, should be uh, noted, I, I believe you and your 962, your wins 962, won over at uh, the Rolex about four years yes, ago. Yes, and, and we brought it here right after that. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. And uh, I love that car. It's so gorgeous. I remember, uh, I, remember I said to John... I, John said, this is just out as it left the track. And I said, exactly as it left the track? And he said, just exactly as it left the track or as it was on the track, you know. And I said, what are these two big hooks for the knockoffs here, the big center lock nuts? Why are this, what would they use that for? And he goes, oh, well, those weren't on when we raced. <laughs> That's for transporting. <laughs> I, 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 it makes perfect sense. You take that big center lock. Yeah nut off and you replace it with the big center lock with the big hook on it and then you can tie, tie the thing it in the trailer. Down, yeah. I got to get some of those for the uh, for the Newman car by okay. the way. Yeah, let's, exactly. let's Speaking of the Newman that. car, you know, I was digging around pictures last night and I've got so many. I just we moved about 3 years ago and and they're down in the bottom of the pile in the garage, but it was coincidentally found that picture of the 85 Nissan Newman uh, Nissan from Riverside. So we had the exterior yeah. and the interior shot. So that'll be really good for us and 
Yeah. Who, who knew when I was taking pictures back then that we'd have the car right in the shop? Yeah. I mean, it's really you know, cool. I, I was watching uh, I was watching Old School Miami Vice on Netflix, and they did the one with Danny Sullivan, who was a race car driver, sure. and they're racing in Miami. I sent you screenshots, I sent Adam screenshots yeah. of, of your car. Right. The, 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 the car in the TV show, and they had a lot of great footage of that car racing. But it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of hypocritical things too you know there's a lot of stories a lot of not sure if this actually happened or didn't happen yeah. you know it, there wasn't um it wasn't back in the day when everyone had a cell phone with a with a camera in it or a movie camera in it so there's a lot of stories being passed mm-hmm. on but the thing that's really kind of interesting is when you look at some of this old footage or some of these old pictures that or Miami john Vice. has or, or you Miami, Miami Vice, Vice. <laughs> you can see we go like one of the Newman cars had a different seat in it. It was clearly yeah. a different seat. And then so the story is as well, somebody pulled that seat out and sold it because it was Paul Newman's seat. No, it was Paul Newman's seat, and he just took it out and put it in the next car he was racing because right. it is in the next car. And then Les Kennedy will say, oh, the headrest that had the PLN in it mm-hmm. that's like in the embroidered in it in the two plus two car which is really cool you know the other cars they would just take those out and sell them you know and you go oh yeah that's a shame but no if you go back and look at some of the old footage and the pictures you will see the same he didn't have the pln in all the cars yeah and he just had this sort of standard headrest like the one that's in the car that john has right but the the plan is john's going to finish this thing by may that's the plan. And that's what I'm, he told his guys, by the way. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive this thing at uh, the Rolex uh, Laguna Seca race. Yes. It is going to debut at Monterey, and, and we can't wait. That is going to be fantastic. A little bit of testing before that. We have to agree that we're going to drive it before, not yeah. just run it right the first thing ah, at Monterey. You know me, man. I like to just get and go. <laughs> He's man. not even going to the driver's meeting. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I am going to test. I was informed uh, yesterday that I'm on probation. For not going that. to any of the meetings? No, for making a little contact. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, too bad we have video documentation showing that. (laughs) Probably shouldn't have underscored (laughs) that. But I don't think my driving warranted probation, but uh, so be it. They said uh, we look forward to seeing you Yeah, and seeing you with a a ton of extra eyeballs. They they basically said uh, they sent an email out and they said, uh, I think, I don't know, six guys or ten guys aren't coming back. Oh, I see. And then they sent uh, they sent me this email earlier in the week. They said six guys aren't coming back and 14 guys or something are on probation. Right. And I was like, suckers. And then I got the email the next day. I said, by the way. <laughs> you're one of those guys. You're one of the guys, guys that's on, the, on probation. Okay. And I thought, mm, I rubbed up against that Mustang a little bit when I was telling them to pass yeah. me. Okay. I got a little off the track. Yeah, but that that was avoiding, you know. That and that, and that's a tough accident. thing with a sanctioning body because you kick those people out and then you lose a lot of good yeah. cars. So yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe me, Hotchkiss, <laughs> and the Newman Mobile just go run uh, alone over Buttonwill. <laughs> right. How do you like Adam, that? Adam, shouldn't you get credit for not hitting that nine fourteen six? Shouldn't that be a push? I, averaging the two. I think there's with, not an email. I don't list think for they that. give you credit when you get <laughs> off the track. And, the, you know, the 914.6, I was about to T-bone that guy, and I just said, fuck it. Yeah, right, but you to took one for the team there, I took so one I for the team. even it out. Well, well, I don't feel like the guy in the Mustang feels like he got the better end of any of this. <laughs> no, he did no. all right. <laughs> he he's damaged he's his okay. car. He didn't yeah. slow him down. He moved yeah. along. That's all right. The, 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 the 914.6, the guy was on the racing line. 
But the problem yeah. is John will attest from running many laps over at Laguna Seca. John's never hit anybody. After. <laughs> not, not, not that I'm going to admit. He's always so far out front. You've got you to go come back and where the action is with yeah, me. That's right. So the, after you go through the corkscrew, you then you, you, you come out of the corkscrew and you're going down that hill and you do a short shift usually there because you can't just light it up after coming through. You just get sideways going around a hill. Then you're going down. Now, some guys swing out to the right and turn in and apex that left as you're going down the hill. Some guys run sort of right through the middle of it and some guys just sort of stay left kind of almost all the way through through the turn. Everyone does it a little differently. Even the fast guys have their own kind of line. Most of them will end up apexing the turn, but some guys, they don't do it like you do on many other of the turns at Laguna Seca. Laguna Seca, you know, turn four and turn five, turn six or seven, you go all the way out, you come all the way in, and then you go all the way out again. It's just, that's yeah. how it is. This is a, a lot of guys run through the middle of that whole thing. So when do I do it, hmm? how do you do it? I do it the slow way. Which is- <laughs> John, how's he supposed to do it? Well, you know that, and that's really subjective because Matt and I were driving the other day at Button Willow and I took a little yeah. different line than, than somebody else he was talking about. It, somebody who's fast, and, yeah. just a little bit different line. And so, but the, it is, it's what you're comfortable with, what you want from the car around the corner and, and, and in that corner, especially that left, you know, you're staying in the middle trying to use some of that bank of the road. And it depends. Can you get your car back to the right? I've seen some people try to pass there. It's an impossible place to pass. Yeah, well, I know. <laughs> it's not impossible. Oh, did, did I say that? Well, <laughs> what, what, happens, what happens is the guys swing out and, you know, it was coming up on a 914.6. And to be fair, he just got passed by a Mustang. He just getting passed by an RSR and I I'm in a huge red white and blue car and I think he sees me sees me coming and uh I guess he didn't see me coming. My here, here's my point. He was on the racing line. My argument is somewhere around lap 8 if you're driving a naturally aspirated 2 liter 914 figure on some of the big guys are coming right. and you just had two of the big guys pass you like moments earlier keep an eye up in that wink because there may be some other guys coming coming as well i thought he saw me because i'm driving this spectacle <laughs> billboard a, a billboard of a car <laughs> and if you see the nine if, if the 914 but you know what i couldn't figure out that rsr was slowing down i don't know what what happened and you know what it's like you want to stay on the lap with that guy you don't want the lap traffic to slide in between you so i'm staying what i think is i think the 914 at this point has seen us and is sliding out but he starts to apex you can't see him but he's going full apex on that turn and uh that leaves nothing for me to do. Well, you know, the second car, that's always the dangerous position because a car gets pat a car in front of you passes and that the car that's being passed sees that. And then the human reaction is, okay, I'm being passed. Okay, that's it. It's always the second car that gets the damage. Yeah. In this because, case, it would have been the third. But, or, yeah, but I was close by. Yeah, Right. So you yeah. really have to get right in there to make sure that they, they see you. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. that's a little dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was. That was fresh paint. Yeah, that was, was fresh paint. That was fresh paint. Fresh paint. I yeah. got a bucket of sand dumped in me. But uh, that may have been 
again, I, I don't know. Now, now you race that track. What would you call that? Would that be? Would you would you put me on probation for that? Well, I mean, clearly that guy didn't see you, and and he was heading towards the apex. It's probably a little late in the corner to. What you can't uh, to, see in the video is where he rubbed up against the Mustang. Right, right. It that's so subjective. You know, it's it's the, the, they always say the responsibility is the passing car. Yeah. But, you know, you just have to do everything you can to get right next to them so that if they do turn in, they don't turn in very far. Yeah. You know, you know, you, I, I was yeah. a little late. The yes. problem the, – the, my problem was is I have driven in that class in naturally aspirated mobiles. I have done, you know, down 400 horsepower mobiles yeah. or maybe 350. And I've done the math on, you know, somewhere around lap seven or eight, these guys are coming. Yeah, you, you know, know they're going to be coming no matter I, what. I know they're coming. And then once, after lap six and a half, I'm going to be basically staring into my wink because I know these guys in the Decon Monza and the crazy Mustang Mach 1, whatever the right. tube frame monster that is, and Bruce Kennepa and company. Like, I know those guys are all coming. So I drove the race sort of looking in my rear view that way, and I suspected – that when this guy started to swing out, he was swinging out because there's no line on that turn that anyone takes, and I had not seen his line before. I thought he was swinging out to give me room. Turns out he was just driving the swing out, come back in an apex. Yeah. If that were any other turn, I, I would have expected to see him where he is and then slide in an apex, but that turn is is wacky. Well, from that little bit of video, it does look like he's really deliberate on going way right, so... Yeah, you know, it's inviting to go in there and, and it was pass. Enti- it was <laughs> enticing. <laughs> but there's another thing. Sometimes you don't want to pass in a corner. You want to then break early, and because you have so much power, they're straight away next, and then get them on the straightaway. No, I and, did. And- you know, you know what what happened? If you uh, roll the tape back a little bit. Let's, I, an, let's analyze this. I was chasing... <laughs> Either way, you got called to the I, principal's office. So. <laughs> I was chasing this... If, if, if you roll it back, I was chasing this RSR the whole time. And I was like, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get this guy. And I finally started to get up to the guy. And the guy... It wasn't me. I was looking at the speeds. Uh, the guy was slowing down or something. And so what happened was... is. Coming around, going into turn six, I uh, give us a little sound here if you have it. It makes it makes it fun. Oh, it doesn't. So now there's this RSR, and I'm like, I, I think I can get this guy because he's slowing down. But it's just uh, don't go outside, don't dive inside. Uh, now we're going up the hill into turn seven, and he does a little like. He sees me coming and does a little, uh, slows down and speeds up a little. Like, he's a little off. Something's a little off. And now we get to the top of the hill before the corkscrew. And I'm like, I got this guy down to the right. Mm, He's going to slide in. Uh, And So I'm like, fuck, I'm on this guy. I got this guy. And now I'm like, all right, now I'm going to get him. When we come around to that straight. I'm going to yeah. get this guy. Now he's backing off a little bit because of that 914. Now I think if the 914 slides between me and him, that's going to let him run off a little bit. And that's it. It was the it was the half a lap before that where I was like, Ugh. if you go back to the top of this thing. And by the way, I was looking at the speeds. I was like down 10 miles an hour here at the top of the hill. Yeah. I wasn't 120. I was 110. So it's like I was down and I was like, I was like, stay on it, stay on it, stay. 
it would have yeah. just like I don't know. All right, John, John tell me everything. Tell me everything wrong in this video. <laughs> well, the, the guy in the RSR is not even hitting his apexes. Look like he's looking in his mirror more That's than right. he's that looking forward. That guy sucked. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, he didn't apex the. He's looking in his mirror and he's like swinging over and he completely misses this turn. Doesn't apex. No, no, you're right. That, so that I, a t- couple of things. If you're going to pass a guy, the 914, who's, and you, I always think nobody sees me. So I'm trying to think, okay, how am I going to get by? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you get by and, and they don't see you. You know, so you slip by in a corner and the guy apex is right within an inch of back of your car. But on this one, you get closer to the RSR. So if you're going to follow him through that slower car, you get right in his bumper so that the, the, the 914 would see him and then would start to turn and would see you. There was too, a little too much distance between the yes, two cars. a little too much. So you got to hustle right up to the back of the front of the car yeah. that's going through. Yeah. And then, and then two of you can go through. I was trying to figure out what was going on with him because we're on lap eight. He was driving a pretty good race, but he started to get like a little erratic and slowing down a little bit. Like up I mean, here, I, 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 was, I wasn't catching him in that part of the yeah. track like – that much, but, but he's he hitting was... a little traffic, and you know, you know, these cars are expensive. You get a little nervous, and I don't yeah. know if he was blocking per se, but he was kind of staying in front, certainly wandering. He was wandering yeah. around a little yes. bit, and it didn't, it didn't give me a, a ton of confidence. Anyway, I should have just waited around a little bit, but I thought the nine fourteen saw me. All right, and by the way, passing—if I would have just stayed flat at the top of that hill, that could have been disastrous. <laughs> at the top of that hill at yeah. those speeds. So I figured, oh, fuck it. Well, that's all right. All right. We'll, so in the meantime, you're... fight another day. That's right. You're going to be on the naughty list for a while. <laughs> now, what do you do with the guy who was in the uh, BMW and the guy who was in the Mustang? Yeah, so somebody's on the uh, the do not come back list, I think. Not the, the guy in the Batmobile BMW can't be on that list. No, he, he didn't do anything wrong. Line, right? And and he's got a seven hundred thousand dollar bill in front of him. Right. <laughs> so. And did you see that? I just uh, that's the first time I've seen that. But he had a lot of rear brake in that Mustang, and then going over that hill, slamming on the brakes, the rear locked up, and he was you know along for the ride. Um, it's like putting WD forty on the back tires. Yeah. The the so John, you can explain to us when the Mustang goes over the hill, what happened was um, the start of the practice race, the green flag on the Saturday morning race, qualifying or extra. We already qualified. I don't know. I was in 10th or something. Uh, but there was like 42 cars, so it's not that bad. But the uh, uh, 935's like turbo or something blew up or something, just like plume of fire coming out of the back right. of this thing and so everybody hit the brakes the guys that were in the back unfortunately by the way tracks probably shouldn't start with blind hills because <laughs> because to the guys in the back row i was five back from the front to the guys that were 20 back from the front they were on it and yeah. these guys were i don't know 15 or 12 back from the front, but they weren't braking. So where everyone who'd crested the hill was braking, these guys weren't on the brakes. They was green flag yeah. drop, balls out, you know. So then they crested the hill, and they were like, what, what are all you guys doing over here? So they started braking, and when they started braking, uh, Mustang locked up and just looked like Somebody but, just shoved yeah, him but to the left. Actually, let's see if we can find the video, Jeff. Why because, did he pull so hard to the left? That's the question. Because, because that, that track turns, 
right there. As it crests the hill, the car is going to the left, and he puts on the brakes, and it's it looks like it's a lot of rear brake in that car. Yeah, but look at the brakes. It looked like the wrong side was locking up. That's the up. thing that was weird. Is and it looks right... like he should have been going the opposite direction. What? Well, yeah, that's what we... it goes where the steering wheel goes. Yeah, I didn't. And so, so all of a sudden, the the rear brakes locked up. It's like being on ball bearings. So wherever the steering wheel is, that's so where the car's going to go So even though, fast. even though it doesn't, you know, it's funny because they call it turn one, but it's it 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 doesn't it doesn't feel like a turn, but it it is a it turn. It is a turn. You're turning to the left when you when you come over the when you come over the top. Yeah. And so he had his steering wheel turned to the left just a little bit. But as soon as the rear locked up, that got exaggerated really quickly. Yeah, and and, and he was sliding because he tries yeah. to compensate. He tries to go the other way, but he's just sliding so hard it's, to the left. It's just the roll around. Haven't you ever driven? You've driven at Sears Point, of course, coming into the carousel. Yeah. If you leave your braking too late and you come over that rise, yeah. same kind of thing. You can really get some action. Light. And, in the, really light. Right. So his rear is light. There's yeah. you know, good amount of rear brake on the car. And maybe never put on the brakes that hard before. Well, and so he certainly they balance. Yeah, weren't correctly. I mean, he, you never know. Yeah, clearly, everybody going over that hill and seeing the cars all slowing down at the beginning of a race where everyone's supposed to go. That's <laughs> right. that's a little bit, you yeah. know, a shock to everybody. So, I, I mean, I don't. It didn't look like it was really like anybody's fault. Clearly, nobody no. was out there. No, it was not certainly not intentional. Right. Like they were on the 30, brakes. It was just on for were, the, going for the ride. They were 15 seconds into the race, so nobody was actually mad at anybody yet. No, tires are cold. Yes, and. and uh, the no. thing that was funny is, there's two things that were funny. First off, not ha-ha funny, but interesting. The guys in the front of the accident were still racing. And I don't know, it, we only passed like one flag station or something. So, And everyone was just tunnel vision, you know, trying to, trying to get in front. And we're coming up. Uh, coming around turn six and going up that hill into turn seven, and I saw a flatbed pulling onto the track, and I was like, well, I haven't seen any flags, but to me, this is an indicator. That's right. <laughs> was it a vintage flatbed? Maybe it was part of the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh... Here's a, here's a video here. So do you see that Capri over there, right? The Mustang, the Capri, whatever. Right. There's a very expensive uh, Ferrari behind there. And then, boom, the right side, and then you see his... If if he turned to the left, it was so quick, and then he's, he turned to the right, and you can see his front wheel trying to compensate and go straight again, but he was just sliding right across. Yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to see that again. It was quite... <laughs> no, like, especially... Yeah, you I could mean, John, see John's face when he watched the video. John but, loves trust me, Mustangs. Just, <laughs> I love cars, and I hate to he see loves cars, and that, crunched that, like that, that. Batmobile yeah. BMW is such a work art. I mean, Beautiful. whenever whenever you go into the paddock or the pit area... The, I always go. I always walk right over that car and uh, take a take a look. See, yeah. See, we're going frame by frame, and I know we're just harping on this for too long, but I don't see where he ever turns left. No, but if, if you it, lose it's traction, a mild, it's a mild just left a, turn. It's, it's a mild it's a, left turn, yeah. and, and just gravity is or the centrifugal force is going to make the That's car it. rotate in the back, and the back is what really turns it. It, it's amazing how just a little bit of loss of traction. You, can you'd upset. also you don't know um, how light you get over the top of that oh, thing. Yeah. Now John does because he drives a nine sixty two. You don't feel it so much in the five ten, but if you add thirty miles an hour to your speed, you will then you will then feel it coming off the top of that thing. You, your suspension gets light coming over the yeah. top of that. And the video doesn't do it justice. That's a that's a big hill. He go, when yes. he goes up and down, yeah. it's a, and it's a 
really yeah. big downhill to turn too. Uh, by the way, uh, if you want to do yourself justice, carbonite, baby. Mmm, that's right. Carbonite. You got to uh, back it up with carbonite. Yeah, yeah. You get to. Uh, you got a computer. You got files. John, you got a bunch of important stuff on your computer, right? It's got all the files all on your, your car. Your car. <laughs> oh, you better have carbonite, man. More importantly, he's got all the invoices. I'm getting it. Wait, I'm going to end up paying for it. I'm going to get an invoice for that carbonite. <laughs> carbonite, yeah. We're backing up your crap, Corolla. You That's pay right. for it. Yep. You need to back it up with carbonite. If you have a computer, if you have a PC, Mac doesn't uh, doesn't matter. It backs up your files to the cloud, man. That's right. Yeah. That's the thing that's going to eventually turn our own mechanical devices and robots on us. But listen, for now, I, it's our friend. I saw a Terminator. I know and what's going on. And you back it up, baby. Yep. Whenever you're connected to the internet, you can try it for free at Carbonite.com. No credit card required. Use the offer, co- offer code CARCAST, one word, CARCAST, and get two bonus months with purchase. That's Carbonite.com. You have a computer. You need to back up your files. That much we know. Carbonite's the best. And uh, you uh, give us a little love. You show us a little love at CarCast. One word, CarCast, is the offer code you give when you go to Carbonite.com. All right. Let's see. Um, you guys, I got to go to work. Not that this We're gonna isn't pop a form outside of work, and, uh, but you guys are going to pop out and look at a, at a car yeah. that you brought. Um, right? John, you've got, you've got new suspension coming out. You've got a new line of shocks coming out. And uh, I think you're going to get into the radiator business, something we, we, like that. We, it's going to be great. <laughs> Steam is going to be huge for us. We'll have the suspension, of course, on Patrick's charger. Then we'll have all our new Mustang suspension, our adjustable shocks, complete package for the Mustang. And then uh, Hotchkiss Performance East, Kevin Bride will be out there with all his fabricated uh, products. So we'll have a console. We'll have radiators from CNR. Cool. And we'll have And more. And throw out your website real quick. It's Hotchkiss.net, H-O-T-C-H-K-I-S.net. We'll throw up links on uh, CarCastShow.com. And, of course, uh, the good folks over at uh, eBay. You can uh, read my uh, column, my uh, eBay blog. This it's one's, at uh, uh, eBayMotorsBlog.com. Right. Doing this what, one do you on know uh, you know Paul Newman. Yeah. And the racing. And, uh, again, uh, I, 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 I love that John is passionate about it. I'm passionate about it. It's just this idea of he's gone, but his yeah. memory lives on. And a lot of, for a lot of folks, it's his films. For us, it's the films and the cars, the race cars. And what better way to pay homage to the man than to get his cars? And we'll keep you guys posted, and we'll keep you, we'll keep you up on the progress. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to be driving that car on probation. On probation. <laughs> Don't carefully. Probation. You're going to be driving it carefully. <laughs> the car we build, you're not going to scratch. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to scratch that car, and I'm driving it. Uh, we'll get it ready for uh, the Rolex, Yeah. This, uh, this next Rolex, and we'll drive it there and put the cameras in it, bring John out, and have a, have a real good time. It'd man. be fun. So uh, look forward to all that. And again, eBay, man. That's where you go. You want to get the parts. You want to read the blogs. You want to just just cruise around, get the app, sitting at the airport, checking out the parts and the pieces. Yeah. I love it. My favorite thing to do. All right. We'll take a little break. John uh, Hotchkiss is going to head out there with uh, Matt. I'm uh, heading to work, and they're going to walk around a Lincoln after this. All right, here we are with the 2013 Lincoln MKZ. Uh, Adam is not with us today. He's filming his TV show again. So we've got 
John Hotchkiss from Hotchkiss Sports Suspension. How are you, John? Matt, awesome to be here as usual. You know, we just talked about sports cars and racing, so we've just had a chance to drive this. Took a moment to get in the mode of, hey, wait a second, we're not driving a, a turbocharged Nissan or a Porsche or yeah. something, but we're driving a true luxury car. It's still turbocharged. That, it is, you're absolutely right. And all-wheel drive, 240 horsepower, and, yeah. uh, and good gas mileage. So yeah, the new, the new 2013 Lincoln MKZ, this one has a few of the upgrades on it. it like you said, it's all-wheel drive. It has the 19-inch wheel upgrade package. This one has the two-liter turbocharged EcoBoost engine. It's 240 horsepower, 270 pound-feet of torque. Um, and it's not a bad car. Like, it's a pretty nice, everyday kind of luxury car. I mean, it's still, I know Lincoln's really trying to make some moves to establish themselves as, as the brand that I think they kind of once were. Um, and, uh, and they're getting there. They're getting a little bit closer. I know that they're going to be putting a lot more effort into, into a good product. This particular car is based off of the Ford Fusion. The Ford Fusion is a very good car. It's a very successful car for the Ford brand. So this is what we have here. Um, in this particular configuration, this car will get 22 miles a gallon city, 31, but the real upsell for these is they have a hybrid version as well. So if you don't want the Ford Fusion hybrid and you want to upscale it a little bit, the MKZ hybrid will get 40 miles to the gallon, which is really kind of nice. Um, kind of a classic touch with the with the push button transmission buttons, right? You know, we, were no, we were talking about no shifter. what car back in the day was yeah, like Dodge or Ram right. or something. There's got to be a, what are the push button yeah. cars back in the day? Because they're doing that now. When you first get in, you're like, I don't I don't understand what you're doing. You're playing around right. with the you're looking for a column shifter <laughs> exactly. or something. You're like, that's just windshield wiper. So that's kind of a neat feature. Um, let's uh. Take a quick look at the engine. I mean, I don't know how much there is to see with all these modern cars right. today. They just cover everything up in plastic, but but we know this is a good engine. We've seen this in a bunch of other cars in the, in the Ford lineup. Well, I was impressed. The car had good, again, turbocharged four-cylinder, had good acceleration, brakes were good on it, transmission's fun. We put it in paddle shift and we did uh, couple of great runs with that but uh, no very nice engine and and I was impressed by the whole powertrain the uh, the transmission is a six-speed automatic like you said the paddle shifter is in a sport mode and it gives it it doesn't downshift it really when you put it in sport mode it feels like it's just tweaking the calibration a little bit with the ECU probably throttle mapping a little bit it gives it a little bit of a peppiness to it mm -hmm. so I think for uh, for somebody that's in the market for a car, car like this you can kind of feel it it's kind of fun but um, uh, but it's certainly not as aggressive as something a little more sporty, you know, some of the other cars out there, like a, like a Lexus F-Series type well, What's car. cool, Matt, is that, this, look at this car. It's a big car, it's just four feet, people very comfortably. You could certainly do a road trip in it, but it has a small enough engine where you get good gas mileage. Yeah. So, you know, they're now they're making enough power and torque on a smaller motor, you can get great gas mileage in a bigger car, so you don't have to have a, you know, a really thirsty engine in one. Now, one thing that, Le that Lincoln has been trying to do, which I think is kind of neat, is is they've been trying to step up on, on the handling characteristics and make it a little bit sportier, but how do you do that without losing what you expect from a Lincoln, that comfortable ride? And this is, this is pretty good. They're getting a pretty good balance of, of being able to get in the car, have it be comfortable and go, you know, I can, I can get in this car and do a long road trip. But when I do have to cut through the canyons to get yeah. here, you know, it, it's, it's, it doesn't lose some of the excitement. You can still do it and have no, some fun. Seats are supportive. The wheels in the right place. Uh, it, it all. It definitely makes sense. So it was yeah. a, as a first impression. It was fun to drive. Let's let's fire it up. I don't know how much there is to hear, 
<laughs> the turbo keeps it quiet. And, you know, look, it's a Lincoln. It's not going to have... Uh... Talking about hearing, you know, the, the stereo is pretty awesome. And with that sync system, works yep. well and easy to connect the phone. So that's a good thing. And I, I'm getting spoiled by all these cars with the heated and cool seats. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Engine's on. It tells me that. It tells me the door is open. It tells me a lot of things. Sound of power. Sounds better than that. It was. I thought the turbo would really kind of muffle it up, but uh, that's that's pretty much it. So this car, the Lincoln MKZ, starts at about thirty-seven thousand, mm -hmm. and this one with the all-wheel drive upgrade and the nineteen-inch wheels is right around forty-five thousand. I kind of feel like this is a lot of car for forty-five thousand bucks. And look yeah. at the statement. I mean, look at these big wheels, nice tires, Michelin tires. Uh, the styling is is pretty right on. So yeah. that. Uh, when you drive in, no one knows you're with a small four-cylinder. It's getting great gas mileage. You're in a Lincoln. You, this is a, has a real presence to it. The uh, the active suspension makes it pretty comfortable. Maybe that's something you guys can go and tweak up a little bit. Exactly. Point. We can make it a little more sporty. <laughs> just, yeah. That's it, right? You just got to be a way to start doing that just electronically. That's got to be the future of oh, some of the new cars. Absolutely. Bases, right? Absolutely. Well, All controlled by computer. Um, John, thanks for coming out and uh, and being with me in this video. Let's uh, throw out your website again for people to find out what you guys are up it's to. It's easy. It's just hotchkiss.net, H-O-T-C-H-K-I-S.net. And Matt, again, thank you. And hey, fun driving the Lincoln. <laughs> Thanks this a lot for coming really by. Cool. So until next time, I'm Matt D'Andrea. This is John Hotchkiss. Keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel.